You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Andrews. I'm back for another day. And what a day it is on Blue Jays Fan Friday here on Locked On Blue Jays. Woo! Actually, I, I don't think anyone's in the mood to be celebrating, honestly. Given, given the events of the past 24 hours, which we will deal with on the podcast, as well as get to your responses to the poll that I put out yesterday, trying to solicit some answers. Y'all responded because y'all are awesome. But I'm not doing this alone today. With me is the co-host of the Locked On Blue Jays pod. Ryan Miller is here. Hello, guys. Happy to be here. This is, I think, my first Fan Friday, so this is uh, an exciting, exciting time. It it is. It is. I um I do I do want to bring it down briefly, Miller, before we really get into it, just because of what happened yesterday in Maryland. Um, the loss of life of five journalists uh, because of some idiot, some garbage person who we will not name, decided to go in there and and just be incredibly inhumane. So I wanted to take a moment and, and have like a, a moment of silence for the five people whose lives were lost. Okay, and like the Capital Gazette, we will press on, because that's what they would have wanted. I I know, I know. There's no easy way to segue off that. Yeah, there's there's that's that's not a good way to segue. Yeah. No, no, but it I I know I it's something I've felt need to be done though to to honor those people. Um, I I don't know what we will do to honor Steve Pierce who is the first one gone from Toronto, much to the dismay of Jays fans everywhere. Special shout out to at Leslie underscore Nope on Twitter, who I think had like 200 mentions on the news that Steve Pierce had been traded late last night. And we, we express our condolences as well. Steve Pierce going to the Red Sox, completing AL East bingo, He's now played for all five AL East teams. I I'm not sure anyone else has done that. Off the top, yeah, of I, I'm I'm not sure that it's something that people really strive for on their resume. No, right? No, but I'm... he's he's got it, so good for him. You know, like <laughs> re- reflecting on his his brief career, we like we'll we'll go back to when he was signed, just rather quickly. Um, we kind of knew what we were getting, and and I think we kind of got what we knew we were getting, which is a really odd way of saying it. But like, um, when when we signed him, he was a guy that was, um, he would fill in at first base, which he didn't do too much. He would he would fill in at DH, which he did a little bit, and we knew that he would likely get some time in left field because we didn't really have a left fielder, right? And he did all those things. We knew that he would hit left-handers, and he kind of did a, a decent job of that 
And we also knew that he had a history of not being able to stay on the field, and he did that too. So we kind of got what we expected from Steve Pierce. So I think he did a good job when he was on the field. Yeah, he he did. He did exactly what was advertised. He hit. And he was one of the few Blue Jays who consistently hit. And he, he seemed to hit in the clutch, too, which was always nice. When yeah, like like last year, he he stunk up uh, Roger Center for the first, what, month? And then he got injured, and when he came back, he did very well. He was Randall Grichuk before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> But but no, I, I noted that he he's probably going to be remembered for his late-inning heroics, mostly the grand slams that he hit in that week span last year. And then it, it was nice of him to come back and hit that last real parting shot, that three-run home run against the Angels. Mm-hmm. That, that ended up winning that game. So I think Steve Pierce is going to be remembered positively. At- so now now with him with him leaving... Like I, th- you know, I know that everybody's going to start sell off, fire sale, all of those things. But with him leaving, it's actually it's actually a good thing for the roster, isn't it? Well, it is because it does clear up that first base DH logjam a little bit. Like it, they had Steve Pierce listed as an outfielder. He was he was never really that good of an outfielder for the Blue Jays, and I don't. Like, he's going to a team in the Red Sox where they have absolutely no reason to put him in the outfield, given what they have. So he'll right. probably shift to being that first base DH type. It's it's as uh, as I said when discussing this with Stephen Brown earlier this week, he fills that Hanley Ramirez role with the proven track record of being able to hit off the bench, which was one of Boston's main reasons for cutting Hanley Ramirez. They didn't like him in that bench role. So he feels he feels an obvious need for them, and it, it matched up pretty well. And because the Blue Jays were able to retain some of the salary and help the Red Sox stay under that luxury tax threshold, they were able to get a better prospect than if they, say, traded Steve Pierce straight up, which is the Blue Jays, again, using that financial muscle that we haven't seen prior front offices use with this team in order to try and get a better prospect. And they they got an interesting one in Santiago Espinal, who's a shortstop who's going to be assigned to Dunedin. We were, we were talking about this before we went to Air Miller, and when I described Espinal to you in, in what I had heard about him, you did get a little bit of deja vu when I was bringing up how he's, he's a guy who's basically solid across the board but not going to wow you right right like and i i mentioned i mentioned devin travis's name because he was he had that same kind of mo right he was he he was one of those guys that just did everything really well but nothing fantastic he didn't have any of those wow tools so you know i'm not i'm not, I'm not calling espinal the next coming of Devin Travis. I don't want anybody uh, quoting me uh, saying that. Um, he's just, he's a guy that he does things really well. And you had mentioned, and I know I've, I've read a couple of the articles this morning about him and they all were kind of saying that the, this was a guy that showed improvement this year. Mm-hmm. So maybe the, maybe the Red Sox are selling high 
It's very possible. And right. And what with with a guy like Espinal coming in, like the Blue Jays can take the chance that he does develop like Devin Travis, and and if he does end up doing that, then he'd be you know a solid fit in the future potentially as a backup infielder. You know, I'm I'm not projecting him out to be Ryan Goins. Let's let's not do that. Also, Ryan Goins is now available after being yes. DFA'd by Kansas City, and I, I I just want to nip that in the bud right now. Ryan Goins should not be coming back to Toronto. Just no, 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 no. Um, I mentioned like the Angels and Mets and Marlins maybe as options for him. They can have him. They can do whatever they want with Ryan Goins. But let's let's, let's move forward, not backwards. Exactly. That's right. But um, a Fangraphs article that had been circulating on Blue Jays' Twitter after the trade noted how Espinal had improved his ability to make solid contact. They noted uh, of these kind of fringe prospects that they had, Espinal had the greatest growth when it comes to not avoiding swinging strikes and avoiding ground balls. And if there's one thing I associate with the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays, it's swinging at pitches and turning them into strikes and hitting a lot of ground balls. So, Miller, in the future, do you think Espinal would be a guy who can help in that regard and help potentially avoid some of these issues that the Blue Jays seem to have with hitting balls into the dirt? Blue Jays? I don't know. The, the, uh, the, the, the farm system? Yes. <laughs> right, I, um, he he's a 23 year old who's who's played advanced A. Right, yeah. this is his third this is his third season in the in the minor leagues. Um, you you look at somebody like Richard Urania. Um, he's been in the minor leagues for a long time, and I think he's 23, 24 years old, maybe 22. I should know this. I, I'm blanking, um, but like this is a—he's a guy who he relies solely on his his plate coverage. He strikes out a lot and he walks none, right? Mm. So, you know, this this Espinal is only at, at advanced A. I don't know how he will do in Double A. I don't know how he'll do in in Triple uh, A. Right, but yeah. he's a guy that he's a guy that we can use in the middle minors right now, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's also worth noting that like these this isn't the first time this front office has been able to trade a veteran piece and get a guy like Espinal, right? Mm-hmm. They did it last year with Grilly, yeah. Right, they got Edward Pinto, and Edward Pinto is doing exceptionally well. At advanced day as well, hmm. right? And he's also a guy that, you know, low power, but he does a very good job of putting the ball in play, right? He's like just looking at his at his line right now in 62 games with Dunedin, he's walked 15, okay, 15 times in 62 games. That's a right? nice, that's a nice even ratio. Yeah. So again, like this guy, you know, he's a, he's an outfielder. He's not 
He's not going to hit a home run. He's not going to hit a lot of home runs. You know, you're you're not going to see his name on any of the uh, top prospect lists in the off season or anything like that, right? But but he's a good guy to have in the organization. Yeah, and and I think the Blue Jays did very well to get a guy like that. Will they be able to get more guys like that though? We will talk about that and how it could potentially relate to the grade that Blue Jays fans eventually give this season right after this. Okay, so Miller, I put this out on Twitter yesterday. Blue Jays are officially at the midway point of the season. They, they've they officially played half, half of their game, so I, I wanted to gauge the pulse of Blue Jays fans and see what they thought of this team this season, where, where they thought it was. And I asked them to assign a letter grade. A, B, I had to combine C and D because Twitter only allows four options, which is stupid, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And then F. And the results are in, and they're pretty resoundingly mediocre, which sounds appropriate. Uh, At the time of recording, 59% of respondents have given this Blue Jays team a C, D grade for this season. Interestingly, 18% gave B, and 18% also gave F. 5% gave A. I would like what they are drinking. Mm-hmm. I, it's Friday. I'm going to need it. So, I, let's, I'll ask you first, Miller, before we get into what the people are saying. What do you, what do you give this Blue Jays team? Well, since I'm, I'm not on... I'm not restricted by Twitter's four options. I'm going with a solid C. Yeah, that that's fair. I I, I can abide by that, and I I think the Blue Jays fans share that set that sentiment. I'm going to start with friend of the show Krista King at KJAK16, who basically just said the fans deserve better after last season. I. I think that was a prevailing feeling going into this that okay, 2017 sucked. They're they're kind of reloading. It'll be better in 2018. And no, it was not better in 2018. It was just worse. Well, we we <laughs> I I I do enjoy these talks. Um <laughs> entering the season, we n- just like just like when we signed Steve Pierce, we knew what we were getting. When we entered the season, we knew what we were getting. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, we haven't gotten what we knew we were getting. Does that make sense? Maybe not. Let me explain. Um, we, we knew that we were going to have a, a pitching staff and a bullpen that was decent. We really haven't gotten that. Right. No. And we knew what we were getting from the offense, and I think we've kind of gotten but, what we thought we were going to get from the offense. True, but we in, in spurts. We definitely haven't gotten it from the sources we thought we were getting it. No, you? but like overall, right? Overall, this this team still hits a lot of home runs. Yeah. Right. They strike out a ton, and. They can't lay off the <laughs> the no. off speed pitches in the dirt, like. But 
yeah, like I, 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 I just I, I do laugh at that kind of stuff because I think that um, you know our expectations when we when we hear these names being announced in the off season, the Jays picked up this person and this person, and I think um, everybody kind of expected Randall Grichik to come in and take over, like take the baton from Jose Bautista and be better, right? Yeah, but. When you look at his track record, he's a guy that strikes out a ton, and he uh, he can go go yard, right? Well, I don't think we really expected that he would be as bad as he was in the first in the opening months of the season. But you know, he's he was he was in the minors last year, hmm. right? So to hang your hat on the guy like that right away and just be like, "Oh, we're so much more improved," it's, it makes me laugh. No, and it makes other people laugh too. When I when I put the the poll out, the a the a vote got got a quick one to which Adam at Flames underscore Jays underscore eighty three wondered aloud how anyone could give this team an A grade. They had one of the worst starting rotations in baseball for the first two months of the season and don't even have one single player in the top five in all-star voting at any position, which tells you all you need to know. I, I, I would argue uh, about using the all-star game voting as a metric because I don't think Nick Markakis is the best outfielder in the National League. Just, just going to put that out there. But... Adam does bring up a good point in that the rotation was really bad at the start at the start of the season, which kind of took the wind out of the sails of a, of a team that was supposed to be really good rotation-wise. And then the offense hasn't done enough consistently to make you point to someone and say this guy this guy carries the offense. They've all got their kind of flaws, like Teoscar Hernandez's power. But he strikes out a lot and grounds into double plays way too much. Jan Harris Solarte has power, but he's incredibly streaky. Justin Smoke has regressed. Josh Donaldson, hurt. Russell Martin can't hit anything anymore. Kevin Pillar can't hit anything once the weather starts to heat up. Devin Travis can only hit when the weather starts to heat up. There are like flaws up and down the lineup. And and I think that kind of weird idiosyncratic inconsistency is is part of the problem with trying to find something to like about the Blue Jays this year. So the the trendy term in the offseason was raising the floor. Yeah. We're at the halfway point. Have they raised the floor? Um that de- that depends. You can you can raise a basement by pouring more cement in it. But you're still below ground. So, has the floor well, really been raised? I'm I'm not sure. I I don't think there's anywhere to build up unless they start getting some of the youth in. And I think the two, the two guys that they added in the off season to raise the proverbial floor, I think they have done it. Granderson uh, and Salarte. Salarte and Diaz. Uh, Right, we we mentioned uh, Ryan Goins. Um, when like just using him as a as a comparable, um, you know Barney. I don't I don't I, I don't even think he's in the majors. He's in the minors as well, right? So yeah, he got DFA'd you know, in spring training. 
that's right. So, you know, we, we have a, we have a guy who's leading our team in home runs who would have been, who took the place of Darwin Barney mm-hmm. Solarte, right? Yeah. You know, cause we're going to say that Diaz took Goins place. And while Goins was clutch last year and drove in a lot of RBIs, um, it does seem like Diaz, it seems like Diaz is better, no? Yeah. Do you feel that way? Like just, oh, you know, yeah. I'm not spitting out any fan graph and all of that stuff. Just a simple eye test. It looks like he's he's been better than Goins. So, no, Ryan, you know, Ryan Goins can't hit a home run consistently. At least a Ledmus Diaz has warning track power. Ryan Goins yes. has loop single power. So... Yeah, I I will agree with you that they did raise the floor there. I just don't think the floor was raised enough to differentiate it from last year. And and that's something that Lucky Stars at Bright Skies 99 brought up when they gave a C rating to this team, specifically citing May. May was a terrible month, and I do agree with that. They they mm-hmm. look way too much like the bad Blue Jays teams of the past. But for them, the rest of the season wasn't too bad. They enjoy the makeup of this team. There are too many injuries again. But getting a glimpse of the future and a sense of direction is encouraging for them. And I think I think that may be the biggest thing that Blue Jays fans can take away from this season is that it looks like the team has a path to success. How many times in the 2000s were we watching this team and just being like, what, what, what are we, what are we doing? Are we trying to catch the Yankees? Are we trying to catch the Red Sox? Is there a plan in place? It never looked like there was a plan for the Blue Jays in the past. Now it looks like there is one Miller. And yeah, it, it is, it is nice to see them dip into the minor leagues and bring some guys up as opposed, like, um, that aren't named like Jonathan Diaz. <laughs> right, like in, in, in the past, in the past, if a, a middle infielder went down, we'd go down and we'd get that guy who's like a um, a minor league veteran who's a glove first guy, and he would come up, and we'd all be well, like, "Why is he only hitting one sixty one? Like, I don't understand." Right, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I would rather see a guy like Lourdes Goriel come up and hit one sixty. Yeah. Right, just and and that's nothing against Diaz, right? He's a very good minor league player. Maybe very good. It might be being generous, yeah, I, I, but he's know. he's a good he's a good minor league player. He's a good bench guy. Blah 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 blah. Right, but I would rather have a guy who has potential um, and give him a shot. Get his get a taste for what need what he needs to improve on when he goes back down to AAA. Yeah. Then, guy that just keeps on like it's like you it's like you threw up and you swallowed it down but then threw up again and swallowed it down again right that's what bringing up minor league veterans is to me yeah and and it is exciting to be at a point where the blue jays don't have to be like okay we need a starter let's sign chen ming wong or let's bring in matt latos or lucas harrell or Cesar Valdez, we can turn to guys like Orion Baraki who may be able to make contributions in the future for this team as opposed to being a stopgap. I think right. I think that's a big thing going forward too. Like like Sam Gavilio has been a nice story for the Blue Jays this year, but do we think he was going to be anything but a stopgap coming I into the season? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, so I'm surprised. I'm surprised by Gavilio. I think he's done very well. 
So yeah, now that now that the sell off has begun with oh. with Steve Pierce going off, what and like I said, Jay Happ's pretty much out the door. Marco Estrada's probably gonna follow him. If they can get anything for other one year guys like Granderson, they'll probably take it. I I we're gonna see more of these guys coming up. I I mentioned the other day Chris Rowley's had a really good campaign at AAA and may deserve another look at MLB. So if you bring up a guy like him, see what he can do over over a stretch of a month or two, that'll go a long way to helping solidify your rotation in the future. And then you have to give guys like Jaime Garcia contracts. So that's that's what I'm looking for. Are you surprised that Steve was the first shoe to drop? Not really, because he's probably the easiest one to trade. I'm, I'm slightly surprised just because of his... Um limited playing time since returning. Yeah, but you, you right, know what I, you know what Pierce is. You know mm-hmm. what Pierce is and you know what you're going to get with him and you know he can be had at a reasonable reasonable price. Like there's not the kind of legwork that the, a J-Hap trade is going to require because you need to look at multiple teams and multiple players and make sure you're getting the best one. Yeah, like if we were playing um, MLB The Show and we brought up Steve Pierce, and we went to his durability, it would probably be like an 18 out of 100. And that's the type of guy that you want on your bench, right? You play him too often, he's going to get hurt. You play him four four days out of the week, he's going to be able to contribute off of the bench, and I think that's... We miscast him. The Blue Jays miscast him, not you and I. Um, You know, the Blue Jays miscast him. I think the Boston Red Sox will have him coming off of the bench and... He'll he'll uh, be a Yankees killer. No, I do agree with that. So let's let's end with someone who's already been mentioned on this show, Stephen Brown at DTSB underscore ninety eight gives the Blue Jays a D plus at the moment, but it could improve to a B plus with a strong trade deadline, noting that. The Blue Jays can't do much when their best players don't produce. And he listed Donaldson, Osuna, Sanchez, and Stroman being worth 14 wins above replacement less than they were last year. And then he adds, just for the record, I'd give you an A-plus, Ryan, which, wow, he's he really wants to keep that friend of the show status. Um, <laughs> I... Do you do you think it can improve that much with a trade deadline if they're able to get, you know, hauls for Hap and Estrada and the like? I guess it depends on what we're grading them on, right? Mm. Like if we're grading them on a, a um, strong returns, you know, if that's if that's what the the 2018 season is, you know, hashtag strong returns type thing, then. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's possible. It's possible. It's really, um, and we've we've kind of chit chatted about this in the past. Um, it depends on how much they want to tear it down, hmm. right? We had the conversation a few uh, a, a week or so ago about. I felt Tapera was a strong trade trade chip. You were not happy with with that suggestion. So you know, if if they are willing to tr- go right down down the line and trade a, a Ryan Tapera, then, you know, I think that it's possible that they they get better returns. If they're just going to be, you know, trimming the fat, um, like Steve Pierce, like Granderson, um, and maybe the other uh, free agents like Hop and Estrada, then, 
you know, what, what are you what are you likely going to get? You're going to get a bunch of guys that are like not top 100 prospects, right? You're going to get a bunch of guys that are um, in there in the respective organization. You're looking at like maybe maybe five to top five to ten, five to fifteen. Yeah. Right. Those are guys that. If you're looking at like if we want to talk about a starting pitcher, which I think that's who they will they'll target, they'll start targeting more pitching um, with these trades versus positional players. Um, if you're looking at at that, I think you're looking at guys in the um, mold of a Ryan Barucki, right? Um, I don't know if you talked about Ryan since his start. Um, yep. Oh, we have. We have very much yeah. talked about Ryan Barucki. Yeah, I, sh- I should really go back and listen yeah, to that. Yeah, you should. Um, because, you know, Ryan Ryan Barucki is a back-of-the-rotation starter. Right? Like, if I don't know I don't, I don't know how other people view him, but he's the back-of-the-rotation starter. And don't, don't get all, all uh, up in arms when I say that it's even possible that he ends up becoming a bullpen piece. Ooh, right, we, he's a two, he's a two pitch pitcher. He's he's a two pitch pitcher who throws a slurve that is fringe. Right, those guys get hit the third time a team sees them. So we'll see. How, I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see as as it goes. But um, those are the type of pitchers that the Jays will get back for a Hop and an Estrada. They're not getting they're not getting a, a top of the rotation starter. They're not going to get a Sanchez or a Stroman. If you want to trade Sanchez and Stroman, then you you have a better chance of becoming getting a Sanchez and Stroman back, plus another Sanchez and Stroman. This is this is some this is some heavy stuff to drop right at the end of the podcast, Miller. That's right. Thanks for showing up, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah, we're we're clearly going to have to have some discussions next week about yes. your your plans for the deadline. But mm-hmm. until then, if the fans want to yell at you for what you have suggested, tell the people where they can do so. Uh, Ryan Mueller 11, that's R-Y-A-N-M-U-E-L-L-E-R-1-1 at Gmail. Or come over to uh, Jace from the Couch and uh, yell at me in the minor league recaps that I produce daily. So not doing it on Twitter. Okay. I <laughs> I'm actually fine with that. Twitter could use a lot less shouting, and we want to tip the hat to at RallyCap, who is taking a break from Twitter because people are garbage. So, yeah, hurry back soon, RallyCap. We miss you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. I'm trollproof, so I'm not going anywhere. I, I just want to feel something. Uh, and you can follow the podcast at Locked On Jays, and you can also catch work at jaysfromthecouch.com, which you should do because it is the finest of the independent Blue Jays sites. Miller, thank you for coming on. I hope your first Fan Friday didn't scar you for life. It, it was relatively tame. I have thick skin. Mm. I'm I'm glad you do. Yes. So for Ryan Miller and his thick skin, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lockdown Blue Jays. And y'all take care.